Almighty pod me home. Religion, science, myths, and legends all point toward the next evolution in human consciousness. What do the invisible realms hold? Who's telling us and how do they know? We are investigating insights from around the world to answer the question, what does the material world arise out of and where do we go once we've dropped the body? You're about to go interdimensch with Robert Wallace and Adam Jeffrey to Undiscovered Spiritual Realities. Welcome to Spiritual Realities. This is Wallace. And today we have Ellie Tom Elamine and Miriam uh, Patel uh, calling in from India. And we will be discussing breatharianism again. So that last time we had Ellie Tom on, it was fantastic. And now we have a special added guest to the equation. So I just want to welcome... Ellie, Tom, and Miriam. How y'all doing? All right, beautiful. Awesome. So you guys are over in what part of India right now? Mumbai. Yeah, Mumbai. Mumbai. Awesome. Cool. And the weather is perfect here. This is like a breatharian habitat, which is all around the planet, actually. Mm -hmm. But we're having a good time. And how's the uh, air quality? I've been to Mumbai a couple times, and I know the... uh, Obviously, the smog and stuff is an issue. Uh, uh, do you do a kind of chronic breathing that is affected by the air quality? Air quality. Oh, I don't even think about the air here. We don't. Matter of fact, we're living in like uh, our own little zone. Okay. Like, for instance, I know that the, if you had the machine, like the first time I was here, mm-hmm. everywhere you went with the machine that was red to show that the air was bad. But it's, it's, you don't even think about it. Your body is resilient enough that it could get rid of things out of the air. It could get rid of that a lot quicker than eating food. Oh, great. So uh-huh. eating food is far more worse than some air quality here in India. Okay. You got a, a billion point two people here, and I don't see people falling out all over the place because of the air. Yeah, that's great. They did in hospital for what they eat. That's correct. And even the water, it doesn't really matter. I drink the water from the tap. It's the same thing. Never right. got sick, never got anything bad from that. Okay. People say, no, you can't do that. It's dangerous. But see, it's fine. See, when you eat less and drink less, your uh, immune system is at a whole nother level to somebody who does it every day. Believe that. Do so you... there's nothing to even think about. Now, for the people listening today, I just want to take it back a gradient and explain what a breatharian is. So a breatharian is somebody who eats very little or no food or water at all. So they are not dependent on food and water for their sustenance. Instead, they they derive their nutrients out of the, the prana in, from the sunlight out of the oxygen in their connection to earth and their spiritual connection. And so these two are on that pranic journey. Ellie Tom's been on this journey for 19 years. Uh, Absolutely. And Miriam, how long have you been on this journey? Oh, I've been reducing over and over and over to the point that today's one to twice a week that I eat. Wow. There's no, I didn't count from then on. I used to have like from vegetarian, I went vegan, and then raw vegan, and then uh, from swimming, 
girls uh, a day I went to two to one it started in year 2000 okay and over time I went less and less and less and less and less to yeah. where I am today but I don't count no more this I don't I don't count <laughs> yeah yeah because of I didn't plan that I didn't expect you understand yes so out of my life being more nourishing that decreased naturally right after a while you do forget the count it's like right now I've been on this path for 19 years but for a minute there, I kept saying 17 years, 17 years until I had to calculate. Yes. And I had to tell people, this isn't like as Alcoholics Anonymous, where you see, keep coming back, it works. I've been doing this for six months now. <laughs> <laughs> After a while, it becomes part of your life where this is what you live. Yes, it's your identity. Right. Exactly. Yeah, that's, what, that's great. And uh, are you two um, teaching in tandem right now in India? Oh, absolutely. Uh-huh. And it makes a good um, team up because, see, when you think about breatharianism, a person automatically wants to jump to not eating or drinking at all. And they've skipped the definition we give them. And it comes from an ancient word, which means anidia, and it's the ancient word for fasting, which means to eat very little or none at all. Now, when we say very little, it's just like what she says she eats once or twice a week. That right there is incredible. You already broke the rules of society. Mm -hmm. If you eat once every three days, every other weekend with my son, that's a that's a breatharian. You know, so people can get an idea because what happens is uh, you can sit up there and break all the records in the world, but there's something going on with people. Just say if you did a whole year, then all of a sudden, as soon as you eat something with a group or a family. Uh, they say, see, you needed something to eat. See, the medical field says you need 2,500 calories a day in order to live healthy. That's already broken. That should be actually thrown out the window. Mm -hmm. uh, right now, we got a, uh, we're in an age where intimate fasting is on the scene, and there's many diet changes out there. Oh, we're having a little bit of connection issue here. Uh, the Hey, Ellie, time. Can you go back about uh, 15 seconds there? We had a break in the uh, connection. All righty. So it is talking about the fasting. Uh-huh. Intermittent fasting, you were saying. Yeah, and the fasting is on the scene like never before. And, you know, there's many diet changes, but the best diet change is to eat nothing at all. And that's not even a diet. So right there, there's going to be a lot taking place over this next decade uh, dealing with the rechanging and rewriting of the medical field. Mm -hmm. This is without a shadow of a doubt. To say, for those of this is your first time hearing it, this won't be the last. We're in an age of wireless technology, uh, green energy, and it's just not dealing with things external from us. It's dealing with the human being itself. Yes, we do do photosynthesis similar to plants. Now, they just tried to say even in the past, the only thing we get is vitamin D for the sun. That is now is going to get nipped in the bud all across the board. Now, the circles that I'm in, I do attract a lot of people with me in many different circles. So there's many uh, scientists and doctors on this already. And it's not to try to disprove it. Actually, the more educated people understand that this is taking place. It's just trying to figure out a way to explain it. Because when you come into the breatharian sciences, See, energy goes through physical matter. Mm, mm -hmm. That's what makes it harder to explain 
compared to on a chemical level that the medical field deals with. When you deal with breatharianism, you're dealing on an energetic level, even though they go hand in hand. But this is great news we have because even in the scientific field, more and more scientists are exploring the unified field, the unified consciousness, how everything is connected. And if you're connected on that with everything, it's like a system living on different types of systems. And we're even a system held together by thought. Many systems all combine them with one. So when we teach the holistic lifestyle, that's what we've been teaching lately, to really get a person an indication of this. When you start actually looking at every asset of your life and harmonizing it, that brings forth nourishment, more happiness, more health, and that means more energy. That's what we're talking about. <laughs> so is this making sense so far? Absolutely, it's making sense. And I have to say, of course, it might be making... Uh, even more sense to me because I have been researching it for, you know, on and off for five years. And I've heard so much of your content and the other breatharians. And so I kind of have a broad range of perspectives. And so I do, I do realize the one unfortunate thing about the name breatharian is it, it does cause people to want to put you in a pigeonhole and they overlook the miraculousness of just the basic premise of eating little or none at all. And like you're saying, this is very powerful. And let's just take that word breatharian. There's sometimes people be trying to get new words for it, like if we use solitarian, airtin. No, we can stick with the word breatharian. Breath is very, very powerful. If a person works with their breath and really take it seriously, you will have health improvements, energy, because you're breathing energy. You can do so much with breath, and everybody is connected to it, and everybody is using it. You understand? But the thing about these energies is free, but people, for whatever reason, are not taking it seriously when they don't believe it, and they're chasing so many things outside of themselves, they're making their own life difficult. But these energies that are very powerful, like the energy of the sun, you got the lunar energies, even the energies from the water itself, now, even though you can say that's tangible, water has no calories in it. So even if you were to go three to four months just drinking water, you're at a level four pranic being a breatharian. Mm -hmm. Hands yeah. down. So people really need to be educated about this. So this is why we go around right now educating the masses so that people can make a better turnover, not to hurt themselves. Those who's trying to make the turnover so they won't be put in a box, laughed at negativity and right now as we coming out more and more and the knowledge is growing actually the opposition that used to do the laugh and now they're looking very ignorant mm -hmm. it's very ignorant to, sit, to look at something as a say first as an apple a bunch of molecules put together supposed to sustain my physical body which is the same thing of molecules being put together we're breaking things because this consciousness we got to give ourselves credit as humanity we are very powerful beings when you set your mind to it. Yeah, and we are. And, and I really appreciate you guys demonstrating that uh, for the world because even... Are, are you I said I really appreciate you guys demonstrating that for the world because even though, you know, you might still be able to enjoy food if you wanted to, but not for sustenance. I know, Ellie, Tom, it's part of, you know, your practice to abstain, to demonstrate for people who are skeptics, 
And even though you Absolutely. shouldn't have to live your life that way, uh, I think I feel like it's a sacrifice you're doing uh, for the world, for humanity, in a sense, to take it to that level. Oh, absolutely. And the powerful thing about it, I'm still developing. I was just telling Miriam that my body is actually getting stronger and stronger as we continue. Mm. And without a shadow of a doubt, I don't want to eat because as soon as you put something in your body, you actually get weaker. Mm. That's Why right. do you want to be weak? Right, because as we've talked about, the denseness of the food and the digestion process takes away from your mental powers and it, and it weighs you down, makes you tired. And You go straight to sleep. Mm -hmm. There's people I'm talking to when they're eating, I'm just looking at them, they conversation change, they get put to sleep. They don't even realize what's taking place with them. Food is a very, very serious, you might as well equate it with drugs. Yeah, it's like a drug, same feeling, throwback. Your brain is giving off dopamine, oxytocin, and that's what we mean by spiritually sleep. Now, we can remove that word spiritually and change it with energy. A person is energetically lowering their vibration without a shadow of a doubt. And as I stay on this path, my body is actually getting stronger and stronger. It's unbelievable to me. The arms is getting stronger. The chest is getting stronger. The body's getting more refined like never before. In other words... I'm like a Breitarian Superman. <laughs> that's right. That's why we can't think about quitting food like overnight. That, would, that seems crazy if you link it or, or compare it to a drug addict and tell him just quit your drug overnight. Can you imagine the drawbacks and the effects and the consequence on right. the body? It's yeah. harsh. Mm -hmm. It's the same for food. I mean, even worse because we've been eating for like years and years. Just thinking about quitting overnight or after a process or... Right, that's, that's why this is a process. That is crazy. This is a very serious drug because people are good at eating and everybody's professional eaters. That's right. So this is a big one to tackle. So that's why we tell people it's a process, take it easy on yourself and do the best you can. But if you at least put the first foot forward, uh, your body, the universe, and everything else will be with you if you stay consistent. Mm -hmm. That is a key consistency. Because for me, when I tried quitting after a process, like just like after one week, I went sick. I had to quit my job. I had to start all over again and think about how I could live healthy. So I went into financial troubles. I went into being really sick. And I went into having to reorganize my life in every aspect. You know? Wow. Like... Daily exercise, meditation, relationships, professional area, well, everything, really. And all that is the foundation, what you just mentioned. That See, right. nourishment just don't come in the form of food. Mm -hmm. mm. You can get drank by a job. You can get drank by people. Yeah. And that will make you seek to go get something external. When you really start balancing out your whole life holistically, that is the nourishment. There's no such thing as having a good diet and you're going to be healthy but you're in a bad relationship. You are in a bad situation. Mm -hmm. But if you equal out both of those, they'll both bring more energy to the light. Everything we do is energetic. So we really gotta really understand this is gonna change the face of what holistic medicine really is supposed to be about. Absolutely. And when we take it slow and easy, that's when actually the big shifts happen. The big not shift. us waiting for it. Like for me, yeah, for me, exercise was a big one because I had this idea that exercise takes energy and when you go further on that path, you can't exercise more or deeper or, or stronger. But the truth is now I need, like exercise is a must for my body. And I feel like when I do that for hours, 
I feel super energized, something that I never felt before when I was eating on right. a daily basis, which is, you know, unbelievable to that's science or to, yeah, to what people Which think. is awesome, and that's a good thing because on breatharianism, we do encourage exercise. That's one of the pillars. It is. For a long time in spirituality, the physical body was cut out of it. It ain't got nothing to do with spirituality. Everybody was planning on dying and going to real estate up in the sky. But now we're bringing this back. In order for us to be uh, food free, you have to energetically come back into your body. Exactly. Grounding. You're not just trying to, you have to ground. It's actually grounding. It's the grounding reason why people die and get sick, you're getting pushed out of your body. Yeah. Interesting. You are this consciousness. I don't know which uh, spiritual guru or who I heard it from. I heard something that said, physical exercise profiteth the body little. And. <laughs> And then I hear this whole shift, and it really resonates and makes a lot of sense to me, because even though I don't actively exercise right now, I have, and I've, and I've felt the sort of you know mental high and and, and good sense of well-being that I imagine right. is being parlayed and, and working uh, with the food-free lifestyle to bring you to new levels of consciousness or uh, bliss. I do have a question specifically because about the, the spiritual side effects in terms of how has your spiritual development benefited in terms of cognition of higher worlds, spiritual states of cognition, because without, I know through meditation, I've had many experiences and I'm not even doing what you're doing. So I feel like so many more things would open up without what the food is doing to me. And so I assume you have to be living in two realms, basically, at this point. Absolutely not. Now, listen, how you remember we talked last time. Look how you just said that word. You're living in two realms. That means you're still living in duality. But if we talk about the holistic lifestyle and the unity of consciousness, you want to go to one reality. Right. And that's what I so mean. I guess I'm trying to break that down for people who don't realize that one reality consists of a spiritual and a physical combined. So... Combined. So therefore, I had many spiritual experiences when I was eating and overweight and sick and stuff like that. Now, we've got to listen to this now. But now we live in a reality where it's sort of like, say if you grew up in a house full of people. You grew up in this house. Then you left the house, you got married, and you're full of people again. Then one day you went and got your own place, but you're living by yourself. Like a lot of people probably can't handle that because they were used to always living in a house with other people. Mm-hmm. So when you become a breatharian, it's like you got into this house for the first time by yourself and you got to learn to live without other people. That's a learning process, a crossover. So mm-hmm. all those different experiences and those gods and beliefs, they just got kicked out. They're not living in your house no more. So the reality we live in now is everything is perfect. Just like it's supposed to be. There ain't nothing scaring us or showing up. You understand? Mm-hmm. In other words, you're looking at a spirit. Do you, right. Yeah, we're looking at, yes. Okay, so in terms <laughs> everything of... Everything else is made up by your mind. Right, yeah. That's and, what that says. You're yeah, and that's... the food. That's the thing about the, you know, the human languages is they're designed to, to describe a physical world. So we're trying to apply them to spiritual, a spiritual context, which it can only point toward the, the spiritual. 
because the spiritual right. has to be experienced. And it's how we define that spiritual. See, we really don't use the word spiritual. No. We replaced it with energy. That's right, yes. Mm-hmm. It's like every moment is an energy spiritual experience. There's no more difference. I know because I used to meditate hours myself and loving that and having those spiritual experiences experiences but now it's like every day every moment is a spiritual experience you know you may look at something and and you feel that spiritual experience i don't even know how to explain so, it, right. there's no separation between the spiritual experience in and the past they used that word spiritual because there was unseen forces that they could not they didn't know what they were oh well, yes but now we live in an age where your favorite radio station is going through you right now we know x-rays is going through you right now Knowledge has increased, so these are not no more spooky spiritual experiences. That's energy passing through you that's propagating at different states. It's normal. And you can harness it and use it for what you want to use it for. We all have an electromagnetic field that comes off of our body. That's electricity, and the higher the electricity, the higher the magnetism. See, where's the spirit at? That is the spirit we're talking about. And it's your responsibility to keep this field open and running smoothly. See, when you come on a breatharian path, you're going to become a good energy worker. you got to learn how to uh, study energy on how it flows, how it works. And once you understand that, you can harness it at will and use it. See how spirit is out of the window? You don't need it no more. This is a bio machine. And you have to upkeep it just like any other machine, and it will continue to go on. So, and it can trade different fuel sources. So that brings me to uh, the Qigong that you practice, and, and that Absolutely. being part of how you manage and cultivate your energy. When, That's my bread and butter. Bread and butter right there. It's just like a cell phone. You're plugging it up in this matrix. A Qigong, you are the first wireless technology, hands mm. down. That's why I know we're doing photosynthesis just like everything else. And here in India, we've been teaching basically every day, bringing people into this energy all around the world, basically. This is what I've been doing. Yes, it's accessible. To let people know you can tap into this anytime you want to. Yes, easy, accessible. Easy access. Absolutely. Basically, everything is kind of easy and free on this path. You exercise, you can... Do that anywhere, you know. It's meditations, you can do that anywhere. And then this leads you to feeling more and more nourished and you realize that this is your spiritual practice and this is your your base, your energy vehicle. This is it. Yes, that's Absolutely. It. So do you find you have to meditate anymore since your life is a meditation? Exactly, yes. Your life's a meditation. That's right. It becomes after, at some point you just grow, grow, grow until that, that is your life. This is your life. This is all we do. Yeah. My job is to perpetrate life. Are you are you operating now for us still completely uh, immersed in the physical? Are you operating as you said from this unified reality of what the spiritual and physical is a unified whole, the true reality? Uh, you have access to additional information naturally then, and I presume right. that's guiding you to where you go next, the things that you do. Oh, always. Yes. We don't even have to ask for things. I mean, that's soon, see, that's energy that's coming off your body is your thought process. Mm-hmm. And when you better your proce- thought process, being positive, um, being straight to the point, being honest with yourself, that's what you're actually drawing to you. And as we go out and as we're doing things, 
the things we need to do, you don't even have to ask for it because this consciousness is just not in your head. It is just not your body. This is our mind we're living in. This is our dream. I'm glad you bring uh, bring that up because I was talking a few uh, weeks ago about just observing uh, the flight paths of birds. When a, a thought goes from my imaginative to my logical and I have a bird fly across and I find these objects corresponding to my inner thought life and I realize that I'm in like a, a sphere of my own mind, like objects are representative of thoughts. Oh, exactly. A sphere in your own mind. And that's what's taking place. And for people to wake up to this, it's sort of like humanity just basically somewhere along the way got stuck in the illusion of matter. That's all it's dealing with. And all we're doing in our message, we ain't telling nobody nothing new. We're just reminding you that this is an illusion, that this isn't. You can make changes, and you can transform yourself. That's basically what it boils down to. You're not stuck into nothing. And, and at first, it seems like you're weak. We understand this. But if you stay consistent and we work together, human beings can actually unlock themselves from a lower frequency vibration and start becoming more free. And, okay, that's, yeah, that seems like, you know, everybody's saying the same thing. I think that's pretty well established and everything at this point. Uh, if, you know, we could all just research it more and we could come to that same conclusion with you. What would you what would you say is probably the closest philosophical or religious belief? I understand you were a, a, a Muslim, uh, and people come from different you know spiritual backgrounds, and you guys are actually activating or actualizing you know religion into a, you know real life. So now, from this perspective, what do you think is probably the clearest, most concise, accurate philosophy out there now? Uh, the closest philosophy I found was actually the Luciferian doctrine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, H.P. Uh, Blavatsky and Theosophy. Because and... what it's saying is the human being, due to his consciousness, he can be the most brilliant genius around where he can make this whole world into a garden of Eden and benefit everybody. He has the capabilities to do that. Or he can act out at a low level, lower than the lowest beats. And destroy the planet. That's basically what the uh, Luciferian doctrine is talking about. And it's basically talking about a human being being a good humanitarian. Mm -hmm. And how does, uh, now when I uh, studied that in theosophy or anthroposophy, uh, there's a dichotomy between a Lucifer and Araman with a Christ pillar, where Lucifer has, uh, in, his, in his purest form, you know, he's the bringer of light and wisdom, but in right. his fallen for me becomes he wants to cut himself off and become an uh automated robot in a sense in his own you know perfected but separated ecosystem and then there's the aramonic the material realm which has its benefits but also its extreme that leads people into materialism and then we've got like a, a middle pillar that or what might be called the christ pillar that brings these together and holds them in balance uh do you, you just described the condition of the human being. That's what I'm saying. That's the closest one. Now we got to keep in mind if the light bringer, Lucifer, fail, that means you can rise up again. You can resurrect. See, myself, I'm the light bringer. I had to resurrect from a fall of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And so, so, therefore, uh, I fit the Luciferian doctrine. Right. Okay, so... 
Yeah, so how does this relate to uh, past lives, reincarnation, where you've, you know, how we've gotten to this point and a person who's evolved to this stage where they're ready for this, this is the next step in their evolution? Well, we do have a collective um, evolution dealing with humanity as a group. See, all generations is the same generation. It's just that when one generation didn't get it together, the other generation has a chance to. And one thing I can say, I got all my ancestors in my body due to the information they gave me. It goes back, 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 back. However, when you talk about me and my creation right now, and I know people, they always try to say, well, I must have had different past lives. Well, nobody's arguing that I got all of this information in me. However, this is my first time here. Now, the reason why I say that, when that doctrine of reincarnation came on the scene, it was given to the poor. They won't give it to the elite. It was given to the poor because they wanted them to accept their condition of being ruled over and treated like they were treated. And you could be, you could get it together in your next life. So it got deception behind it. Now, when you look at my personal life right now, I had many lives within this life I'm living right now. I have transformed many times. You look at a baby picture of mine, that's me, but I was a different creature then. That was a different life. And I went through what? schools, I went through different militaries, I went through, I had different friends, I lived in different places, and each scenario was another life, a whole other being. Mm -hmm. So when I look at past lives, those were my past lives that I can remember right now, and they got to guess about them. Because mm -hmm. it's amazing that every time you ask somebody about their past life, they were somebody famous or, <laughs> you know, Naturally. nobody else <laughs> was a piece of doo-doo, I yeah. was a worm, right? Yeah. So I think that. So that leads me. And of course, you change your your update your experiences this way because you change your DNA. That's that that is a new life. That so is a new life. You just change your cell information. That is a new life, right? And this one I could get grips on too because back when I was in my early twenties, the mistakes I made, I can learn from that because I know that experience directly. You understand? Mm -hmm. But that was another life, another being. And it's just like right now, I'm a breatharian, and I remember back in my 20s when I used to love Salisbury steak and gravy. I remember it, I remember the experience, but I don't want to have that experience now from that past life. I'm in another life now, another zone. So that leads me to my next question, which is what is the breatharian conception of, of the life before or after uh, this physical instance? How do you well, basically, you, you are going to take on, all right, let's use these words, a spiritual death, an energetic death. Now, what does that mean? You're going to kill or basically dissolve those old frequencies that had you vibrating at a lower state of consciousness. So that's the death we're talking about. Not so much of a physical death. Now, I'm still operating in the physical. I didn't disappear nowhere, but my perception changed. That's what changes your life, the way you look at things, the way your uh, things are being drawn to you. You understand? So it's just like some people think just by being a breatharian, there's this separation from the masses, and it's not. It's sort of like you're in a parking lot at a store. you got a car that's got fossil fuels pull up to the store, dead plants and animals, and then you got one who's driving off of solar power. They're still parked in the same parking lot, it's just that they're off of different fuel sources, 
And by doing that, the one that's on a more cleaner fuel source does have other benefits than the one who doesn't. Mm -hmm. Many more benefits. Okay, yeah. So uh, what... It's a better vehicle. So what I suppose, maybe I could clarify the question even more, is the breatharian conception of uh, life after one drops the body. Or ha has it all so become so assimilated that you're at Atman state and the physical is ready for ascension and, you know, like Christ going to go up with the spirit all at once? Or how do you proceed forward I'm after the body? This up because right now uh, we got a rebirth and retreat that we're going to. And right now, in my message, like I told you earlier, my body's getting stronger and stronger energetically. This feels wonderful. No aches and pains. I mean, everything is just on key. And it's getting stronger and stronger. So therefore, we're also looking at not only longevity, we're looking at physical immortality. You should not die. Mm -hmm. So as we continue on this path, we are excited to see what's going to happen. That's what keeps you on the path. And they say through the different texts, that you can hold about 80% of light within a body to where before you disappear out of this realm. In other words, we're not planning on going to the traditional way of death when a person has to go to the grave. Like I haven't caught a cold in 19 years since I've been on this path. That should not happen. That's just mucus coming up. So this is the benefits again. If you can't even catch a cold, you're offered a frequency of liver ailments, strokes, cancer, diabetes, those are all frequencies, mostly due to food, hands down. And there's a pandemic around the planet dealing with that. No, I, I hear you. Yeah, okay. So where do you think the, uh, do you have a, a vision, a prophetic vision for the world or for uh, your ilk of how breatharianism is going to grow in the world and the ro role that it's going to play in the future? Well, it's going to be respected big time. And it, like I said, this is coming around the corner real shortly. Because I remember one of my first big um, conferences in America when I first came to Brethren was in Michigan. And back then as I was talking, I said that the next 10 years that this is going to be going all around the world. And sure enough, here I am doing that same mission, making it happen. So it takes an education. It takes an effort for people to stand up. And like I said, this ain't going to be the last time you heard it. There's more people that's coming in, noticing this free energy that they can work with, they have access to. And there's a revolution happening on everything, not just the medical field, uh, the banking system, the education system. Every system is being unturned right now to bring a greater truth into it to bring in this wholeness because everybody around the planet want to live better lives. Mm -hmm. See, your health is your wealth, and this is actually a health message. So it's going to play a big key in the future because that's what it is. It's nothing far-fetched. Mm -hmm. If you're a breatharian, you should be healthy, period. And it's not just about individually, it's also collectively for the planet. That's what we're talking about, right. For living beings, everything is, is, you know, is needed, right? And this is what holistic health is about. Yeah. That's the foundation of the core of this lifestyle. Not eating is a byproduct of being whole. Absolutely, yeah. Are we in a, uh, a special epoch in uh, Earth's evolution where this is where hum humanity at large is ready to receive this message? 
I mean, it's coming up. The time is right now. Is there an astrological configuration? Is there some reason why, you know, is it the age of Aquarius? I mean, how, how would you say that, you know, the world has come to this awakening? Well, right now, some people are waiting on World War III. And I say World War III already hit. Right now, you're drinking water out of a bottle. Now, mm-hmm. that got bad right now. Yeah. And you got so many bottles in the ocean, you can line them up like in a row and it'll wrap around a planet about 500 times. You already hit bottom. Once you hit bottom, there's no way to go but up. That's how we know. Mm-hmm. Where else you going to do? Yeah. You broke all records, all laws, <laughs> <laughs> and humanity's tired of it. This is how we know. We ain't even got to read the stars. So we basically hit rock bottom. So as a whole, we've hit rock bottom. And so we we have nowhere to go. Yeah. That's how we know. Do you think... uh, It's in our past that we do not want to be repeated collectively. We've already seen the results of that. So humanity is waking up all across the board. This is how we know. See, we're the stars of heaven. We ain't got to read the stars up in the sky. When you see us, like for instance, myself, when you see me launching off like this, going around the world, standing up like this, that's a star from heaven telling you this is the time. Mm-hmm. This is how we know. Mm-hmm. We're the stars. We're the ones that cause cause and effect. Not the external. Mm-hmm. Everything's happening from, from in here. This is how we know it's time. <laughs> and we need to remember we are like some of the most intelligent beings on this universe. Like we could... We have so much potential that is untapped and unused that when we go onto that path more and more, it's, it just opens up and opens up more and we don't have to rely on stars, oracles, astrology because we are all of that. We're the ones that cause the times to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is how we know. Interesting. So as far as your conception of Earth and this uh, reality around us, I know we've just discussed that you know all is mind. And all is energy. Uh, you know, do you see this as, you know, like uh, Elon Musk, he said, you know, he saw this reality as a sort of virtual re- reality, holographic sort of reality. Do you, how, how do you articulate the true nature uh, of sort this? Of like the, well, due to the video games, a lot of people is equating this reality as being like assimilation. And it is very similar to that because we are, our bodies is always being stimulated by external forces also. So we can go there and say that to a degree. So as we live in this realm and even being, a, being on a breatharian path, like what I'm saying, you can tap into these different energies, that's sort of like a hack in a video game. So people will come up with that conclusion like Elon Musk because it does make sense, and since we got that video game revolution, it does make people get a better grip to look at reality totally different than before, say, about three or four decades ago. So it, it does make sense on that. But it's a good thing because if it's like that, that made people realize, too, like we said, we do got a collective his- history of humanity on what we know what works and what won't work. So this also makes us pinpoint now on what type of future we want to have, hands down. Mm-hmm. Like I said, as I go around the world, there's a lot of bridges and barriers being broken, even on religion and stuff like this and different cultural things. 
lot of people are trying to hang on to it, but they know that's not reality at all. When it at the end of the day, because it goes back to health again, and that's what we want—a totality of health that goes beyond just the physical body. It hits the emotional, the mental, but put them all in one, and also our social structure. So, I mean, you you guys have taken a, a quantum leap in the understanding that at least from where science is at. Uh, how humanity can live, you know, in this free energetic sort of state. Right now, science is trying to do this through, uh, you know, different kinds of ways of preserving consciousness or, or mapping consciousness or, you know, right. Ghostbusters sort of thing. But y'all have gone back to the source and then you're actualizing it aside of science. And it seems that since the world is, you know, so uh, deep in science, that's the direction it's going to go. And this is a different stream. How, how or when do you think they will uh, come together and benefit? Oh, well, they, well, when you look at it, you see a lot of science and religion are coming together. So I do got to talk mm -hmm. up for that. It's coming together big time. And um, your physical body and your, your consciousness is the greatest science and technology you have access to. It's the greatest instrument you have access to. And when you deal with that is, the only difference is, when you look at scientists of the secular world, they got the instruments to help them to measure physical reality in the 3D. When you're dealing with these physical bodies and this consciousness we have, this scientist, you know, as we are, because we're still investigating the universe, exploring consciousness, we had to make physical changes with our equipment so it could develop a sixth sense and they actually could do a lot more than the machines that they're making on many different levels. Sort of like right now, they got a machine that can measure your heart frequency coming from the body. Now, it's the furthest frequency coming out from the body, but even the machine has its limits on how far it can uh, track it, you know, 500 times more than the brain. But the body actually is so hooked up with the matrix, um, it's incredible. It can't be measured on what they got right now, but... We are sure to see that take place even more because, like if I'm saying, my body's getting stronger and stronger. We're going to see what really happens in the future as more humans wake up. Mm -hmm. Do you think uh, that the direction that science is going is obstructing spirituality? Because, you know, with the path that you're on, it's, you know, free of the need of technologies. And of course, science, it's, you know, it, it measures, it, it weighs, it quantifies, and it's also using, you know, computer boards and, and different techniques and, and ways to improve things. But that seems like the antithesis of what you're doing. So they don't seem compatible in their purest form. It seems like science um, needs to. Not as, you just have to put it in this proper place. It's sort of like how we're talking over this cell phone right now. That's the technology of the world. It's how you use things. See, we're still using physical matter. You understand? But what's going to happen is, as humanity wake up, this is where science and technology, as we know it, is going to have to change. It has to change. All what is creating from harm in the environment and other beings. See, you're still going to create, but create things that are more holistic and user-friendly for everybody else in this realm. Mm -hmm. Do you understand? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, That's all we're dealing with. Okay. That's what's going to change. And people are waking up for that. I don't care how much money you got. 
how much materialism you have, you still need to breathe clean air. That's your lifeline. That's essential. So that's not even an argument or where we're going to go with it. Everybody's on a bandwagon with that right now. If you come up with a good idea that can preserve those things, that's what we're talking about as we bring on a Brethren idea. Hmm. Because air is my lifeline. I'm living off the air. The prince of power of the air. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we at. Yeah. Hey. This is what everybody's living off of. How much time do we got? Okay. Uh, so... As far as air quality goes, uh, what's your take with the uh, the chemtrails, the geoengineering, and the spraying of these sorts of things? Is this is this going to interrupt uh, hu- humanity's progress into mo- moving into this direction? Do you think it's going to stop people from being able to get the nutrients they need when it's, you know the environment's completely polluted with not just the smog and you know, and if whoever, you know, the people who subscribe to Google. Mm-hmm. Well, when you deal with geoengineering, and they, they brought that up about dealing with the global warming, and not just man using his consciousness again to try to make ways to uh, change the atmosphere, because we are an animal that are, is good at that. We are number one when it comes down to changing the atmosphere or changing the environment to fit your needs. That's what we do. So when you deal with geoengineering, it's nothing new whatsoever. It's just the way it's being put on now. You know, as soon as somebody put on a lab coat, then we want to say it's evil. It's sort of like agriculture where we're dealing with GMO foods or whatever. Uh, that's been on the scene for thousands of years. But as soon after World War II and we see people in the lab coats, now we say it's bad. But <laughs> as we go into this, you're always going to have it on different degrees because we are creatures that have the ability to change and adapt our environment. But again, it's about how you do it when it comes down to affecting others. And we're getting more wise to that. That's what I see. Okay. Um, and do you observe or do you have an increased amount of interaction with what might be considered uh, extraterrestrial, interdimensional uh, spiritual beings that prior to your breatharian state were just invisible? Well, it could be. I mean, for me to sit here in this state of consciousness thinking that no other consciousness is around or how vast it is, that would be a mistake right there because you should be open-minded. However, as I'm teaching, I say a breatharian is basically an extraterrestrial. We're terrestrial beings. This is what the... That's what the ground is. And Earth itself used to be called Terra. That's what that word comes from. So when you open up your extra senses and start feeding off of a, another source of energy, that I'm an extraterrestrial. You understand? Mm-hmm. You're extra, you open up your extra senses. So we can stop that right now. Now, when we look at alien, now, of course, the alien, basically, we've got illegal aliens, non-resident aliens. We do that anyway, playing a game when somebody's not born from a certain location. So that's not even far-fetched right there either. But right now, you would never know until a spaceship pulls in your backyard and say, I'm here. And the first thing I'll be asking them is, you know, take me for a ride. Give me something so I can show my friends. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. Now, I I, I actually did hear that. 
I heard that lecture that you gave uh, the other day on that. You're drawing, you were talking about these things. And uh, now I've had, uh, I've talked about, you know, my UFO encounters. And uh, actually a, a video just dropped, I think, from South California of uh, exactly pretty much what I saw of a, a light coming down and bringing out smaller ones and the recombining and the, the reformation of those lights. And, you know, if, you know, in my prior training, and I guess I'm still dispositioned to, you know, call these beings behind this angels and demons. Uh, some people... Well, think, you saw an unidentified flying object. Mm -hmm. That's what a UFO is. It ain't got nothing to do with aliens. It's just that you couldn't identify it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, logically and scientifically, science is saying, that's not us. We can't do that. Are they lying or is it really them? Everybody's seeing it, putting it on video, so it's not like individualized hallucinations. Now, wait a minute now. When I was in the military, I was uh, in the communications, so I had a top secret security clearance. And I guarantee you that there's agencies on this planet that's at least 20 to 50 years way above the public. Mm -hmm. So we don't even need to go with aliens on that. I saw the internet back in 1988, and it ain't hit the public till 93. So it's been out. Mm -hmm. Even our cell phones we're using, uh, with all the little applications on that. You had the International Space Station, the NASA had that 20 years before it came to the public. So there's many things that's before yeah. you even get it. It's just like when I'm teaching people breatharianism. It's ancient. It's already been here. It's small circles and groups has been on the planet. I'm just giving you the memo it exists. Yeah. So, in other words, you're late. You know, the average human being is just late on certain things, so we don't need to blame it. You've got to give a human being more credit than what he's worth. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and... Doing all kinds of things. Yeah, and of course I know that, you know, there are agencies that have, you know, seemingly extraterrestrial-type crafts and things that haven't been revealed and things like that. Uh, but at the same time, uh, you know, who or what are they being associated with? Are they, are they getting, have they gotten their knowledge carried through theosophical circles? Are there people or beings who have lived in, in prior epochs of Earth's humanity who've achieved perfection and who have eternal life and are still around and are sharing that? Uh, how, you know, you know, where did these uh, engineers and organizations inherit their information from? Do you think? Well, I know when I was up here, uh, here I am in India. A friend of mine was trying to track down an immortal here in India. You know, so I'm just hanging with him. But in my mind, I'm laughing at him. It was nothing. <laughs> in other words, we're talking immortality now. The only thing, say, the only thing I see is they was talking about me. Mm -hmm. Right. Like I said, I, I'm taking it back home, so we won't be far fetched. The only way I'm viewing the universe is from this center. Mm -hmm. Other than that, we could float the heavens all day long to write a lot of uh, good fictional books. Yeah, I think it's a it's still a useful subject to discuss, though, because you're in a position to give sort of an authoritative stance from a very developed human perspective. And you know, right. people can't really help that they have limited information, especially when we're all kind of in this dumbed-down state. We're working with what we have, and we have theories, and we have so-called, you know, whistleblowers, and we have... Well, that is true what you're saying, because, like, when I used to have a community center, one thing for sure, we're giving the people a chance to think differently. 
So that's good when you can at least have this conversation. I understand what you're saying on that. Mm -hmm. To open up the consciousness and get it used to it or prepared for one of these things, they run upon it. Because like I said, there's some things that I'm experiencing now. If somebody didn't bring it to my attention, I would have never experienced it. Because we are made up of words, so it is good to talk about these things. What do you think? <laughs> what do you, I appreciate that. What do you think is the biggest, uh, you know, people challenge you all the time. They say, and I, I, from our last uh, conversation, I remember you talking about it's been since October 2017 since you've eaten. And, you know, you, you kind of got a, a lay of the land of the mindset of the non-believer. Have you found the crux, like the common crux, that if we could just bridge that gap, we could get mainstream wider acceptance? What is the issue that's really holding people uh, back from being able to believe? Oh, fear. Fear. That's all it is, fear. Fear of the unknown. Jealousy comes out of it. Jealousy. Mm-hmm. Afraid you're going to lose something, somebody, or something. So it's that's what it is. So it's like a We're willful. We're our lives, and some people don't want to get their lives or their reality crushed. So it's a defense of fear. We don't even have to worry about it. See, what happens is when you come on this path and look up right there, and I'm making sure that my name pops up. You understand? Mm -hmm. So it's for those who want to. We're not trying to force nothing on nobody. Mm -hmm. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. Because you got so many things of knowledge out there. Some people won't come to it if you told them. Mm -hmm. Well, most won't. So it's somewhere, it's kind of willful ignorance, basically, that's keeping people oh, from absolutely. being objective and coming into a knowledge of the truth. Well, uh, Ellie Tom, how much time we got? Okay. Well, it looks like uh, we're at the end of our time, but I so appreciate both of you and you taking your time out of your busy schedules there in India and your training and everything you're doing to talk to us and give us uh, all these in-depth answers uh, from your right. elevated perspective. So, you know, bless y'all. This is awesome. Yeah. Thank, thank you very you much. So much. Thank you. And when I do run into an alien, I'm going to let you know. Send him my way. We'll bring him on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you very much. Well, y'all have a, right, a blessed day. We'll talk to you soon. Oh, Ellie Tom. Ellie Tom. Uh, oh, yeah. You have a program and a website. Will you mention that? Oh, oh yes. Yeah, Ellie Tom has, uh, has a program uh, where he shares the pillars of Brazilianism and how to get there step-by-step, step, working on the exercise aspect, meditation aspect, holistic practices, basically, and also how to connect, you know, with uh, other people, with the world in a healthy way, and along this process as well, to grow that Brazilianism, basically integrate Brazilianism on a daily basis in your life. And that's what we want, the integrated part, where you will really work with these energies, because it's, see... ElitomElamine.com, right? E L I T O M E L A M I N dot com. All right, we'll put that on the in the notes here. So if you go to spiritualrealities.net uh, or newpreset.com, uh, you'll see this and you'll see all that information. So we're going to go ahead and say goodbye now and thank you very much. All right. Thank all right. So Thanks.